Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Father, I thank you for opening eyes today and illuminating hearts. It is such a privilege to uh, be in your presence. It's such a privilege to hear your word, Father. Help us clearly understand all thus saith the scriptures. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Open your Bibles to Psalms chapter 27 and verse 1. And we're going to look at one of my favorite psalms. And it's simply titled, A Psalm of David. Now, David was the third king of Israel. He was preceded by Saul and also his son Ishbosheth that, you know, reigned for maybe about two years or so. But David came right after that second king. And David was a fierce warrior. But he was also a man that was wonderfully in touch with his feelings. You know, he was street wise and he understood the, the real world. But he was also a man of great spiritual depth. He, he could do the hard thing one minute and, and then sing a song about how he felt while doing it. He was an amazing man. He, he'd cry out for justice against his enemies, but then he would lean into God for mercy for himself. You know, one thing about David, his life was a series of hard twists and turns, but what was most brilliant about David's life is that whenever he got lost, he used his faith as a compass to get back home. Before we dig into this psalm a little bit more, I want to read what the Bible says about David. It says, the Lord sought for himself, watch this, a man. Now we focus typically on the statement that comes next, but watch, watch, watch what it says, a man after his own heart. But we miss what he first called him, a man. David was a man with strengths. David was a man with weaknesses. And for this reason, this is why the Psalms are so meaningful uh, to, to each of us, because he was just like us and his emotions went through the, the hills and the valleys. And we see this in the scriptures and, and God put his hand on his emotions and, and actually would illuminate uh, truths through the things that David was going through in his life. In fact, I would say that David's probably the man I have learned the most from in all of the Bible, you know, Moses, Abraham, those are great characters. But, but, you know, David teaches a lesson here. No matter how anointed you think you are, no matter how great you think you are, there is only one perfect man and everyone else is in need of a savior. Let's get into Psalms 27 and verse one. He says, the Lord is, I mean, I could stop right there. The Lord is, but he continued, the Lord is my light. Now, all of us have been in a dark place. And if you haven't, just give it some time. You will. You know, it takes fighting through the, the, the worst days to get to the best days of our lives. But I've learned something. When, when I feel like I'm being buried, God is just planning me even deeper. He said, the Lord is, and again, we could stop there. God is, there is a God. God will see to us. It's not just us. God is, but he says, God is my. Notice the personal pronoun. David had tried God for himself and found him to be everything God said he would be. He said, the Lord is my what? light. He helped in the sea when he couldn't see. He helped David to understand what he couldn't understand. He helped David to know what he could not otherwise no. He said, the Lord is my what? Light. You see, to trust God in the light 
is nothing. But to trust him in the dark, that's true faith. And then he added, he said, and my, and my, again, the personal pronoun, you know, mama may have, papa may have, but God bless the child that has his own. He is my, 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 my salvation. So we see the Lord here didn't just help him see in darkness. God also gave him power to win in weakness. And he's the same God. This is the God that specializes in making a way out of no way. With Moses, he created a road out of what looked like just a sea. With Paul, he was put in prison, but his prison literally became his platform. With Grace Church, a lawsuit, just all it did was give us more time to save and prepare. And by the way, we finally closed our loan on Friday. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It is settled. But then David continues, he said, whom shall I fear? Now, David was not just waxing motivational or waxing poetic. Saul was literally hunting him day and night like an animal. You see, when we look at our problems in the light of our God, instead of looking at our God in the light of our problems, we will become absolutely fearless. And we see this happening with with David. You know, David was like, you know, what are you, Saul? I mean, all the vast armies, all that's coming against, what are you compared to my God? And if God is really your light and really your salvation, if he's really my light and really my salvation, what is our problem? Whatever your problem may be compared to our Lord. He said, the Lord is the strength of my life. See, if you take a big enough bite out of me, You'll discover, you know, the same thing they discovered uh, when the Titanic hit the iceberg. There's more to me than what meets the eye because right where my strength ends is where God's begins. And, you know, you, you thought there was a little tiny, little, little iceberg, but underneath, you know, it's it far, far larger beneath the surface. And there's more to you and there's more to me than anyone could ever see because our roots have been planted in God. He said, the Lord is the strength of my life, of whom, 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 whom shall I be afraid? With a whole nation looking for him, David dared to say it a second time in the same psalm, I am not afraid. And sometimes when I'm feeling a little bit funny, I got to look in the mirror and say, you know what? God built me for this and I was built to last. David then says in this, this next verse, in verse two, he says to everybody, come in close Let me tell you a story. Verse two, he said, when the wicked came against me like hungry, ravenous animals with accusations, plots and rumors to eat up my flesh. They weren't playing games. This was not patty cake. They were playing for keeps. It took a little bit of time. But as I waited on the Lord, the evil they intended for me boomeranged, ricocheted. And bounce back on them. He said, my enemies and my foes. By the way, God will do the same thing for you. They stumbled. They were trying to make me fall. They stumbled and they fell. David was a battle-tested man. You know, I asked the Lord about why, you know, Grace Church and me and our leadership team had to go through such hell. I mean, it was tough these last three years trying to, move this campus forward and, and get in, into a place where we can reasonably fit all, all of our people. 
God's response to me was simply, my power is made perfect in weakness. For when I'm weak, that's when I am strong. And our personal weakness is no problem for God. He said, David's still speaking. He said, though an army may encamp against me, you may shake me, you may even see me sweat a little bit, but you will never see me run. I had a, a chocolate lab named Max, and uh, he has since gone on to be with the Lord. And uh, he was this beautiful, muscular animal. He looked quite fierce. And uh, one day he, he got loose, and uh, he immediately charged our neighbor's yard. And in that yard, there was this 30-pound boxer puppy, just this little tiny puppy in the yard. And I, you know, quickly ran behind him to stop him. And I was worried about what he might do to that little tiny dog. But as Max was running toward him, that little tiny dog squared off and began to growl. And my 100 plus pound dog began to back up. He was barking. He backed up over 20 feet and that little dog stared him down. I was so done with my dog. I immediately came into the house. I told everybody, I'm putting the dog up for adoption. But then God spoke to me and he said, Derek, that's how I feel when you back up. I was like, oh my God, my heart, your heart, our hearts, my heart, if I know him, if I really belong to him, if I'm really a part of his kingdom, if he's really my father, if, if I, I'm really trying to, to, try, trying to live this thing out and, and become part of the tribe of the line of, uh, of Judah, my heart shall not fear. I will not back up. I don't care what anyone does. I don't care what anyone says, you know, I've made a decision. I, I don't care, you know, who comes into office next month. I, I don't care what happens. I've decided not to be afraid. And you could go to the early grave being angry and upset with everybody all the time if you want to. But as far as I'm concerned, my God is still on the throne and I'm going to keep on getting on. So the war may rise up, but here, here is heart. David was an imperfect man. David was a guy that, that didn't do everything right. But he said, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me. So, so again, the whole nation and everybody around me has declared war against everything I believe in. So preparations for my downfall uh, have been entered into by people with power. He said, in this, I will be confident. It's like, as long as I have God's approval, what can man do to me? You see, sometimes confidence is not thinking, will they like me? Or even they will like me, but it's thinking I'll be fine if they don't. And David had this type of confidence. And then in verse four, he says, one thing I've desired of the Lord. He said, I don't need a whole lot in life. I just need one thing. And that will I seek. There was one thing that dominated David's prayer life. 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. He wanted to live wherever God lived. He wanted to always be near God's approving presence every day of his life. Never let the presence of a storm make you doubt the presence of your God. He said, all the days, every day of my life. David didn't want to be every now and then believer, every now and then Christian. He wanted to be a 24-7, all day, every day Christian. Died and true, through and through. Why? Watch this. To behold, to behold, to behold. To stand with my mouth wide open. I don't care how old you are or how old you get. Don't let the devil ever steal your wonder. He said to behold the beauty of the Lord. As beautiful as parts of this planet are. And as hard as God seemed to try to outdo himself. There was one thing God cannot do, and that's create something more beautiful and more wonderful than he is. Everything about God is eternally attractive. Everything about God is eternally appropriate. Everything about God is absolutely desirable. The problem is often we are too preoccupied with self to notice. The beauty of nature is just a fraction the outworking of God's beauty within. He said, this is all I want to do is to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. You see, there's really nothing particularly exceptional about me except that I am passionately curious. A righteous curiosity is one of the most useful things you can own. For in the time of trouble, for those who seek the Lord's presence, for those who go hard after God, this is a special promise. For in the time of trouble, and folks, I have been through some troubled times. I know you have been through some troubled times, but in the time of trouble, because I found my secret place, I, I, I made it my heart's desire to behold his beauty, to understand my God and my Lord. For in the time of trouble, when I'm surrounded by dangers, when it feels like my number's up, he shall hide me in his pavilion. He will hide us in the place that we have sought hardest to be. Colossians 3 and 3 says this. It says, for you died. You see, Derek Greer is no longer who he used to be. You, if you've given your life to Jesus and you were baptized, you are no longer who you once were. For you what? Died. So if we really died, if we really are no longer who we once were, why do we keep acting so ordinary? 
Why do we keep acting like everyone else? Everyone else is afraid, we're going to be afraid. Everyone's upset, we're going to be upset. Everyone else is, is, is mad at this, we're mad at this. But if you've really been changed, the Bible says, come out from what? Amongst them. Stop being part of the group. Be different, be unique, be godly, be God's own. Be different. He says here, for you are different. Their life is the only life they will have. But for us, we are living a new life. For you died, and watch this, and your life is, watch this, hidden. My life is invisible to the naked eye. This, this hidden life doesn't need protein, doesn't need minerals, doesn't need oxygen, doesn't need vitamins. Its only source is God. There is a river that makes glad the city of God. The, 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 the Bible talks about the trees of rice is planted by rivers of water. What do you know why those trees survive times of drought? Because their roots go deep and they tap into the water source and the, the, the water table next to the river. So whether it rains or doesn't rain, they're okay because they have a source no one else can see and no one else experiences and no one else knows about. Likewise, you and I, when we really hide ourselves in him, we have a source that we can't quite explain. We have a source down deep on the inside that despite the famine, despite the crazy, despite all of the stuff going on around, there's a peace that passes understanding. There's a joy unspeakable, full of glory, but you got to tap in and you got to let your roots go deep. It says for you died. This is an announcement. You're not the same person you used to be. Now, you, 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 on the outside, yes, you are. But deep down in your spirit, you are, look just like Christ. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old things, all the old things have passed away. All things have become what? New. You're a new creation in there. And one of my biggest challenges when I gave my life to the Lord was me. Because I, I, I said, well, I look the same and I think the same. I have some of the same emotions. I didn't really realize I changed. But I got in this word. And his word informed me that I'm a different person. I don't have to act the way I used to act. I don't have to think the way I used to think. Something deep down inside, the most essential part of me is now brand new, all because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. For you died and your life is not like everybody else. The source of my life is not popularity. It's not likes and followers. My life is hidden in Christ. According to the scripture, my life, your life, if it's hidden in Christ, it's safe and it's secure. One more time. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in who? God. This is the almighty God. When your life is finally not hidden in all the stuff going around is whether your friends like you, don't like you and, and what happens in the nation and what doesn't happen in the nation. But when your life is truly hid in Christ and the nutrients and, and the source of your strength is God, you act differently, you speak differently, you think differently. He said for you, and this is an announcement, you died 
Now, for some of you, you may not have realized that. You, you, you got saved and you're trying to live the same old life. But no, no, that man is dead. That person is dead. There's a new life on the inside. And God is saying, live out that new life right now. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. In God, meaning nothing can separate me from the love of God. Neither death, nor life, nor angels. No principalities, powers, nor things present, nor things future, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature can separate me, the Bible says, from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And my life is hidden in him. And as secure as he is, where he can't be tempted, where he can't be tested, no one will ever crucify him again. As secure as he is, is as secure as my life in him has become. Back to Psalms 27.5, and we're going to round all the base. We can't finish the entire psalm, but, but maybe we'll pick it up next week. He said, in the secret place of his tabernacle, he calls his tabernacle dwelling, his house, and he keeps using different words to describe the, 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 the presence of the Lord. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. This may surprise you, but the devil doesn't know everything. The devil doesn't have access to every place. God still has secret places where the devil will never get access. The psalmist said, David said, it's the Lord that's the strength of my life. The psalmist knew where his help came from. He said, in the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. And then he ends with this, and he shall set me high upon a rock. Again, we're going to stop here. But when David ran from Saul, he hid in the cliffs of Engedi. And I know those of you that are Texas, Engedi, but in America we say Engedi. And he hid on these cliffs for years. Why did David hide in these high places? Because he... He went to a place where he knew his enemies could not follow. And when I go into the secret place of the most high God, that's a place, no, no devil, nothing, no, no evil can follow. Just like David found his high place, God wants each of us to find our high place where the devil can't find us anymore. A place that's free from hurt, harm, danger. A place where only God lives. David understood that God is not just an idea. God is not just an abstraction. God is not just a concept. God can be the very strength of your life. He can be a literal hiding place. You know, often things are best hid in plain sight. It's amazing how God hid his purposes in the man Jesus Christ. You know, the scholars had studied for years the Pharisees and Sadducees, and it's amazing when the Christ appeared, they didn't even recognize him. And again, God hides some of his, 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 his greatest treasures in plain sight. There was another time Jesus wanted to be... He was in a crowd and, and they wanted to, to take him captive. But the Bible said he walked right through the crowd. 
I, I don't know if he became invisible. I don't know what happened, but it was just a fulfillment of the scripture that, that, that in the time of trouble, he will hide you. And the Bible says that he shall set me high. Deuteronomy 28 says we will be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. He will set me high. God is not here to denigrate anybody, to harm anybody. We were denigrated, messed up all by ourselves. He didn't come to put us down. He came to lift us up. The Bible says here, and David understood, he shall set me high upon a rock. God wants to get you to a place that no devil can follow in, no sickness can follow in, no disease can follow in. God wants to get you to the place where your confidence is completely in him, that you're no longer just taking cues from the rest of the world, but you are looking to the Father and that this relationship is not religion, but it's real. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.